You're listening to the Legendarium Blue Team. You have chosen wisely. Please go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. Every party has a pooper. That's why we invited Todd. Party yeah. pooper. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. You can send that one to Megan. Um, yeah. yeah. All of that. All of the hate mail for that one from the troop of Todd can go to that one. Welcome to the Legendarium. We are the Blue Team, and we are here to talk about Dresden. Uh, and since we're going to be talking we about are Dresden, the Blue Team, the, <laughs> the mighty, mighty Blue Team. Sorry. Oh boy, here we go. Because it's the Blue Team, you know that it is me, Todd Wenty. I'm your host, and Megan is with us for Dresden and Ken. And so we are. Are, are we happy about this book? Are we happy to be together? We're happy to We're be happy together. We're happy to be together. It's been, what, six weeks since we recorded our last one together? It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a long time. A has it happened. been that long time? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been long enough that there has been no change in the COVID situation and the pandemic around the world, uh, <sighs> except to say that it's still here. But while you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this as kind of a relief from the pandemic. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Dresden. And oh, I don't yeah. know about you. But I was the reason that we had to wait so long <laughs> to start reading this book. Todd decided to go to school or something. I I I I, I think I personally I remember looking at my at my phone and and saying, "Okay, I'm reading it now," and expecting things to come in, and they did. Beep, 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 beep. And I was just like, "Holy mackerel!" Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good book. It's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot to say. There is much about this book that made me go. Uh-huh. Yeah, and those of you that couldn't hear that, Ken made a great big, uh, a great big mouth opening. It was face. a wow face. Yeah, it was a wow face. Wow face. Um, <laughs> and and you know, with no further ado, those of you that have visited us before, you know all the housekeeping. Uh, visit us on Discord. Oh my gosh, I probably better not say that too much because they already visit us on Discord a lot. We got a lot of stuff. Oh, we want more people on Discord. It's fun on there. <laughs> Discord is the Especially best. Especially the Butcher channel. It's the best. You know Come what? Discord us. is not Twitter. I love Discord. Oh, we've yeah. been having a good time with that. And hopefully you guys have been having a wonderful time with that as well. Um, so let's make sure that we go ahead and start with our recap. You know, spoilers. I, I think, yes, and spoilers. I think it is only appropriate, by the way, that we are recording this on Harry Potter's birthday. Yeah. Did you notice? Yeah. yeah it's his 40th birthday. One Harry wizard for Talking another about one Harry wizard on another Harry wizard's really birthday. I really want to tell a JK Rowling joke, but I won't. I think it's funny that we call him a Harry should. wizard. I, I think you, I both were cool. Well, I think I already ruined it. <laughs> How does Harry cross the street? Walking JK Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks everybody for I listening. Like <laughs> and you can send the hate mail to Megan at thelegendarianpodcast.com. Oh, no one will send you hate mail. I still don't have a login. They for any will email. send hate mail to me, I'm sure. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get in. Ken, you've got a recap for us on this oh, one? Oh my gosh. We you know, we all read stories in part to learn something right, and sometimes the answer is the most obvious right there in front of us. The most obvious answer is the one we were searching for. You know what I'm talking about. You know. You know what I'm talking about. You I know. Do. So anyway, okay, so Harry Dresden is dead. Fine, Todd, you win. Harry's dead. I win. Um, nope. He was not actually dead. Shh. He's dead. He was dead. Okay. 
He was dead. And he's stuck in the in-between with all of the souls who have an axe to grind and work left to do. Namely, in Harry's case, it means solving his own murder. But also, he needs to protect his friends from sheet exiles who are feeling their confidence now that the red vamps are gone, along with Chicago's resident wizard problem solver. Fortunately, said problem maker solver... Slash nice, I yeah. like that. Is now in position to deal with an old necromancer who took a bullet to the face and now who wants to continue the dark hallow in death that she tried in life and use Mortimer Lindquist, Chicago's large medium con man, as their brand new bodysuit. He's a large did you medium. Just, did you just say she was using Mortimer as a bodysuit? Uh, yeah. Coming back also gives Harry a chance to go all <laughs> George Bailey. I'm just moving on and see what life looks like without him. And boy... Like removing a cork and turning the bottle over, all the dark forces are filling the void where the red court used to be. Winter and May, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. His brother is brooding, his apprentice is eating people. I might have that backward, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it's correct. We're not really sure. Molly's gone a little crazy, one part guilt, one part pressure of being the only wizard game in town, and one part because her training under is under new management thanks to an ancient fade deal and obligation, and her training has graduated from snowballs to ice balls. Side note, I called it. So you were on one, I called one. I got one, you got no, one. No, you didn't. I Go did. Go ahead, continue. I well, did. We'll, we'll talk about that. Murphy has a buzz cut and a partly guilty conscience about being a field general of Harry's Raiders who are really uh, ready to charge into battle like Lord Cardigan's Light Brigade. Look it up. Backed by one gentleman, Johnny Marcone, complete with a supergroup base or a supernatural community center, depending on your certain point of view, built on the ruins of Harry's basement <laughs> apartment. In nice, between, nice Jedi reference. In between, Harry's life flashes before our eyes, which is kind of neat, and Harry confronts all of that guilt for, you know, decisions made and consequences unintended. Finally. Yeah. It also gives him a chance to reflect on, you know, the law of unintended consequences. It only took 13 books and arranging his own death. By the way, he arranged his own death. That's right. Kincaid actually did it, just like all of the evidence suggested. Sometimes it's the most obvious answer. You guys both guessed that at like this. I listened, I re-listened to our previous episodes and you both guessed that about the same time. So good job. Thanks. But we kind of talked ourselves out of it. So no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We just threw out all the ideas. That's true. So what, what we never saw coming, though, is Harry himself hired Kincaid to do it. Yeah, that nobody saw. In an effort to prevent himself, so that he could prevent being the Winter Knight, which I believe Ken. I thought you. No, I did. I wrote it down. I think we all did it. Todd was right that Harry, that someone Harry, that someone killed Harry so he wouldn't be the Winter Knight. I wrote down the things. But you thought it was Murphy. Uh, He did it first. I did it first until I read the until I read the little thing where Murphy's going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know how right. I did that? See how I did that? I was, I was so proud of, proud of him. So what we never saw was Harry himself hired Kincaid to do it in an effort to prevent him from having to fulfill obligations made by tapping that. Yep. yep. And the plan works right up until it doesn't because just like all of Harry's plans, go back yeah, to- things go wrong. Find his body, supernatural jumper you, cables, and you were here right. we are. You were right. There was never a body. And Megan uh, was yeah. right that- Queen that, Mab was going to figure out a way. That him and yep. that he was alive. Yeah. Look at all yeah. of the things Mostly we... Mostly dead means slightly alive. That's right. There's a big difference between all dead okay, and so, dead. Okay, but so, but Harry had a choice to be dead or not. Look at look at all the so many things... And he chose not. Look at all the so many things we got right. We are so smart, yeah, we guys. All, we all got right, and, and the little sliver of things that we all kind of missed. All right, so question so from Discord and from me. <laughs> How much newfound respect do you have for Mort? 
And what action action yeah. do you expect him from him going forth? And how much do you want him to be involved? Well, good question. Did Jack Murphy actually kill himself at his desk? Mm. I have questions. Uh. Did Kincaid have a second counter deal with Queen Mab to ensure that Harry's body gets to a place where Mab could resurrect him, namely the Demon Reach? Or was that just on his own? Or was that just a fortunate coincidence? I don't know. I think Mab always has some kind of tally on Harry. I think oh, so, too. Yeah. Two more. Exactly also how powerful. Reach. He's right there. I know. He's, he's the right water. there. He's in the water. Two more. Exactly how powerful or how malleable is Harry that he has saved super, de- uh, super duper natural beings. Oh, I'm sorry. That he has several super duper supernatural beings lined up to control his strings. Because he's got archangels and fallen angels and she ladies and, and, the devil. and demon Everybody wants yeah. a piece of Harry. How the, super duper must he be? The one who walks behind? Yeah. Oh, and he walks behind. Mm. He is chaos. All right. I want to control the chaos. Final mm. question. Star Wars or Star Trek? Both. And for the record, Thank if you. I were incorporeal, I would absolutely watch an explosion from point blank range. That was cool. I absolutely would do that. That's one of those <laughs> moments where I really, I, I, especially when he says, because when else was I going to get this chance? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? So. Those are, those are fun moments. All right. Go uh, back to that. Star Wars or Star Trek? Let's just get it out of the way both. right now. Both. Absolutely. You can do, I once took a test that was, you know, how much Star Wars versus Star Trek are you? I got. 51 to 49. And I honestly don't remember which was the higher one. The entertaining thing for me about all of those, one of them is science fiction. The other one is a mythology tale. Yeah. This was on Discord. A couple of people pointed this out. It's like, it's got to be one or the other. Or was they, uh, they asked if Molly was just too young or does it have to be one or the other? I don't think it has to be one or the other. I think it's ridiculous that, that, I, I mean, I get, I get the geek it's argument. Like, Everybody wants to have the mine is better, yours is better, you know, whatever. You can like both. It's the, it's the same kind of argument. At least for me, it's always been the same kind of argument between fantasy and science fiction. Yeah, both. Well, and I tend to think that there's going to be a lot more overlap because I, I used to look at it as you know, Star Wars was the movies. If I'm thinking back 20 years ago, Star Wars was primarily movies, and Star Trek was primarily a TV show. So if you were more interested in the overarching story, it was Star Wars. And if you were more interested in like the characters and the day-to-day and the things that happened, it was Star Trek. And I am up for both. Yeah. Just, you know, different moods. One just happens to be a little more episodic. Yeah, but now it's uh, there's a lot more crossover where there are a lot more Star Trek movies than there were and a lot more Star Wars series and things going on. That's true. And, and the, always novelizations for everything. And the fact that that uh, Molly's Molly's uh, uh, netherworld or uh, yeah her constructs her inner san- her, her, her in- fortresses uh, what her, is it? her inner sanctum yeah whatever. her her mind palace yeah uh, That's what is I said. the bridge of the end did you say that I couldn't yeah. hear it over over things going on on this side ah sorry about that yeah that 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 is the the bridge of the enterprise the original enterprise yeah I'm kind of like okay when I love okay. that there's like. You know, people start fighting and there's like this music that starts up. Dun, dun, dun. He's like, you know the you, music. You could absolutely hear it. I totally hear know it. what the music is. You have a soundtrack? <laughs> the best part was that she she, apolog- she looks at Harry's ghost apologetically. It says, I watched it a lot with my dad. Yeah. I kind of went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it because of my brother. We all have our 
And don't touch the closet. I watched it because. Don't touch the closet. Is that where we're going right off? No, let's not go there right off. I kind of want to start by saying I tried the audiobook this time. Oh, what'd hey. you think? Unfortunately, not unfortunately, because he did a really good job, and then I forgot to look up his name, but I didn't get the oh, James, James Marsden. Oh, did you get the other one? Because apparently he was not originally available when the right. audiobook was released, or was, you know, when they wanted to get that done. So I listened to the other guy, and I'm just not an audiobook person. It was, he did a really, really good job, but I would have to listen to certain chapters multiple times to get everything, because I'm just, I'm a distracted huh audiobook listener yeah apparently. no i get that you know what having having been almost exclusively audiobook mm-hmm. now for the past year and a half or so yeah i will tell you the two things that i really love about audiobooks are that i can do them while i drive mm-hmm. and i can do them at one and a half times speed which is a little bit better for how my yeah. brain works two things that i hate about them is that i do them when i drive which means that i don't always remember everything very carefully mm-hmm. and I can listen to them at one and a half times speed, which means that sometimes I'm so busy laughing at things that I don't catch what came after. Yeah, oh, I yeah. I actually checked out the audiobook and the um oh my gosh, the Kindle version at the same time. And so when I heard something in the audiobook that I really liked, I'd go and I'd look it up on the Kindle and then yeah. highlight and make it. I did that I did that for a while too yeah. on some of them, but I haven't done it lately. But again, I'm, it just took me a really long time. I think there are books coming up that I'm going to have to do that for, but we'll leave that kind of dangling yeah. for a little while. It's true. And let's talk about... <laughs> wait, let, wait, Ken, do you want to weigh in on this whole audiobook thing? Did you find the James Marsters version? Is that what you listened I, to? I did. I just, I bought it from, I bought it from Audible okay. and they had the James Marsters version. James and it was Marsters. excellent as per usual. Yep. It was, Someday. It was fantastic. Although I, I'm kind of curious to listen to the other guy. I want to hear the other guy. He was, I thought he did great. So let's, yeah. let's anyway. talk about, do we want to talk about this? In linear fashion and kind of move through it, or do we want to take it by topics and go go with some chunks? I almost feel like we need to take it by linear fa- and in linear fashion this time because it's just the way it moves is so kind of built like that. At the very beginning, I do. I, all, I'm sorry. I want to ask one question that that was asked on Discord because I was thinking this too. Do you like that? This book had a radical change of pace from changes specifically and from the last couple of books that we read where everything was just so the stakes were so high and the pace was so great. And this one just kind of felt a little bit more like a a breather. No, you did not like that. I did not like it. I really struggled with the I well, and I think part of it for me is that all of a sudden got really post apocalyptic where Harry goes back It's six months later. Again, I totally called the Washington Irving thing. Wait, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> where, you know, Harry disappears for a period of time and misses a chunk of time. Yeah. But oh, right, unfor- right. fortunately, it was only six months. But we go back and it's very post-apocalyptic and all of his friends are understandably depressed because he's gone and they're fighting in kind of a crappy world. But I really struggled with seeing everybody in that way and the fact that Harry couldn't uh, help them for the first chunk of time. And sure. it just, it took me, it, it was, it felt a little bit jarring that we had to stop and do some world building again where they're like, okay, and here's Sir Stewart and he's now going to explain to you how to be a ghost and this is how you protect yourself and these are what all of the different kinds of ghosts are. And I just, I, I missed hitting the ground running with Harry. I will say though, that I mean, by the end I had bought into it and, Jim Butcher, just nobody does endings like Jim Butcher. He's so good at <laughs> making it all come together and then exploding. It's just so good. Anyway, that really that's good. what I have to say. I have to admit, I I didn't feel like it did 
change and make, okay. become a breeder. Huh. And maybe it's because I listened to it at one and a half times speed. Or maybe it's because by the time I finally got into it. So I, I started reading or listening on, uh, I, I, took a, I took a week of vacation from my job because I can only stand being there for so long. I did too. Good and for you. yeah, it was not uh, the same week. And we were together. Very pleasant. <laughs> um, but I started listening to it on Monday that I took that vacation. Okay. And every spare minute I was listening to it. I was mm-hmm. mowing the lawn and listening to it. I was, I mean, normally I listened to it first thing in the morning, last thing at night was I'm, you know, doing stuff around. I was listening to it all the time. Uh, in fact, even when we went to, we, we stayed at a hotel up in Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. And while my wife and daughter were sleeping, I went for a run so that I could have uninterrupted time so that I could listen to Jim Butcher and Dresden Files. And I came back and I wanted to, I want to look and my family's it's so cool. And they looked at me and they said, just leave us alone. We want to sleep. And I'm like, but it's like eight o'clock in the morning. They're like, exactly. Just leave us alone. So I sat down and listened to some more. I mean. I, for me, it felt like it, it was moving at the same kind of pace, um, same kind of breakneck speed that it goes through. But then again, maybe that's just me. Well, and again, maybe it's just me doing like this different thing where I was trying to listen to an audiobook, and that is not something I have been doing. Normally. And a different maybe. person. I'm used to James Marster's style, and I'm used to the way that he reads and to his cadence and some of those kinds of things. And so it, it really, for me, it really moved. Um, yeah, it Dresden. The Dresden books always feel like there are like six books packed in there. Yeah, where this yeah. is this section, and now it's this section, and this happens. It's pretty great. Although I have gotten to the point where I'm pretty good now. I normally what I've what I've done in the past is uh, I've just I've just listened and see where it goes, and just oh, you can't believe that. Oh, I can't believe that. Oh, I can't. I'm now getting to the point where he <laughs> says chapter thirty nine. I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of know where we're going to be at in the plot process mm-hmm. on this one. Uh, because I, I don't look and see how many chapters there are, but it's just kind of how his process runs. Granted, if you were reading a book, you'd be able to look and say, oh, I only got that much left in the book. Yeah. I think I know what's coming. Um, but now I'm, I've kind of gotten to that point with the number of chapters on the audio book. I, I will admit that just because of how big the material was in, in changes, it felt like a little bit of a, a let down, not in terms of disappointment, but in terms of the gravity was, was less with this book. That's what it felt like to me. However, I, it didn't take me long to get into it and to get excited about it and to start going, start to, to uh, get to the point where my notes ended up becoming just a bunch of, Oh, and how about this? Oh, and how about that? Oh, and how about this part? Well, one of the things that may have made it feel that way, I, I know, I, I know it felt like there was a, uh, there was a, a, a pause in life, uh, is that first chapter or so, uh, where mm-hmm. he's spending his time talking to Murphy's dad. Um, yeah. 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 And that was, no, we all, y- y'all called that, right? As soon as he starts talking to the guy behind the desk, the captain. Well, yes. Nope. The, well, That's the, the like moment. It. Yeah, the moment he he showed up at the at the cop behind the desk, I was like, "Oh, that's Murphy's dad." Yeah, yeah. So especially you didn't catch that one. No, especially after know. Carmichael showed up to yeah. get him, and, and it was nice to have all these little callbacks, and we get to tie some tie some loose ends off, and that's kind of neat. Now here's the piece that that in that moment I knew this was going to be critical as we were moving forward uh, was when Harry tried to open his sight. Yeah, and oh, yeah. In in this in this cop house. And he, as he's trying to do that, then the angel shuts him <laughs> down, right? The guard. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, nope, don't do that, son. <laughs> yeah. And I'm oh. like, 
okay, so there's going to be something about this that's going to help him, but also cause him problems as he goes through this experience. Yeah. And isn't it interesting, at least for me, I think it's interesting, that the only piece of his magic that stayed with him easily was his sight. Yes. His ability to see through all of the... Uh, all of the illusions, all of the all, all of the things that are going on, all of the mundane pieces of life, mm-hmm. and he gets to see to the critical nature of what things are. That stays with him. Mm-hmm. I find that I, I I don't know if you guys thought like I did, but I thought, oh, that's a really interesting perspective. Is Jim Butcher giving us kind of a view of what he thinks is critical about life and the afterlife and all those things? Seeing through all of these visions, the I don't insight. Know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I really, that was one of those things that I kind of went. My first thought was, "Oh, this is going to be really cool in the book." My second thought was, "Oh, this is a, this is a really cool thing about life. This is yeah. a, this is a level three moment early in the book, that doesn't necessarily follow all of his other level three stuff that we've talked about in the past." That's true. I mean, Harry says all the time that a person's magic is tied up in their whole self, mm-hmm. their right. physicality, and everything like that. So I, I'm with you where I think it's interesting that the one thing that he really still had was was his sight, was the thing that was really very internal that helped him to see people as they are and understand them a little bit better. Yeah. I loved the concept of memories as... Weapons. Weapons. So sure. And not, not just as weapons, but as authority, Yeah, as he points out later. And getting a chance to go back and do the... If this were a TV show doing the flashback episodes and and getting to see where Harry came from and all of that. And and there were so many little gut punchy moments, not like, you know, drive me to tears or anything like that, but just like, (laughs) oh, I know how this ends, you know, like, for example, when he first he first learns how to create fire and then Dumorne gives him a baseball mitt and it's this touching moment and you go. I know how this ends and it does yeah. not end well. And yeah. and so he was all excited. And the moment I saw him with the baseball mitt, all my heart did was go, oh, yeah. he's going to oh, throw baseballs at him. I was like, well, that's just harsh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Poor Harry. Just the concept that a person, a sum of a person is the memories that they created. It's just a really cool concept. The yeah. fact that the evil ghosts that I want to say are called the Lemores. Um, it's the, yep. and the race, I think, and, and the, the race, they're eating memories mm-hmm. They're And that's all you have. And when you use a weapon against somebody, you have to give up a memory. Um, and I, I just think it's really poignant that moment when Bob and Butters shows up and they're like, oh. here, Harry, eat these jewels. And Harry realizes that he gets his memories back and he's going to be okay for a hot minute. Yeah. But only a hot minute. Well, and Uriel, I'm jumping to the back of the I book. I know, we're now, jumping but, all over, and it's Well, great. I know, we're, we we say we're going to go linearly, and then we, we just jump all over the place. But when when Uriel, when he, he talks to Uriel and says, I'm just a soul without a body, he's like, you got that backwards. You know, you have a body, you are a soul. Yes. And, which harkens back to what Bob was saying several books ago when Harry just started to learn yes. soul fire, he's like, all you mortals, you all get yeah. so caught up in this idea of a it soul. Grows, it, it grows, grows back, back <laughs> which we which we get to that. see now, <laughs> how it grows back. Yeah, I got a, I, I, I certainly got a kick out of that. But, you know, the, the idea of Harry's first encounter 
as a ghost and watching what what all the rest of the ghosts take for granted. Mm-hmm. And he he keeps saying over and over in the first like third of the book, "Man, I hate being the new guy." Yeah. <laughs> And you get a feel, uh, you get a feel that maybe for the first time in a very long time, Harry is getting a dose of what everybody around him has gotten throughout mm-hmm. this entire book scare- series. Yeah. Whether we're talking about Billy and the Alphas, or we're talking about Butters, we're talking about a- any of the people that that show up in these books, he's kind of like, yeah, just hang on, it'll be all right, you know. And yeah. now he's sitting there, and the guy's saying, "Stand behind me, it will be all right." <laughs> I know. <laughs> But there's this, he has to learn so many rules so quickly, even right down to, you know, where can I go during the daytime when the sun comes up? Because everything's washed anew and it could basically, I would disappear. Yeah. And, you know, I just think it's really cool that he already has had his grave set up. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that that fun getting to see his grave? (laughs) That his grave is still open Mm -hmm. all this time. Which it was, it was. Paid for, paid for specifically to be left open, hmm. which is weird because didn't they say they had a funeral or some kind of wake or something? Did they not bury anything? They had a wake, no body. But they though. didn't. I plenty of people do funerals without bodies. That's true. Yeah, we did a funeral without a body, but that's a different story. But again, Murphy didn't believe that he was dead, so she would never allow that. No body, Maybe no not. dead. Just thinking this through as I'm talking. Yeah, bear with me, folks. The one of one of the things about this whole deal, though, is that it gives us an opportunity for Jim Butcher to, to create a part of the world that we've never really dealt with. Mm-hmm. We've dealt with spirits, and he has this idea that yes, they're part of what's left behind, and they've gone insane. But now he knows why. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe this doesn't have any bearing, and maybe people are going to be going, oh, of course it does. But I think that this is one of the pieces that Jim Butcher has put together for us mm-hmm. so that he can use it again as we move forward through this book series. That's likely. I have a feeling that there are probably going to be some ind- some individuals that we have really been sad to see go that we might see come back uh, in like some a force form ghost. or another. Uh, like a force ghost, well, yes. Well, especially if Mort ends up being a more integral part of the team. Which I, I'm almost cool with. It was nice to see a little bit of a redemptive story for, for Morty. I mean, we see him early in the book series. I think he's in book one, right? Hey, I got to... Uh, yes. And all he, all he is is this slimy con artist who uses his gifts to, to grift people out of money. And Which, come on, I mean, lots of people with something like that would, would do the same thing. But he's kind of come around. And I think that's partly Harry's influences. Harry has shown how to be the good guy in this world and stand up to supernatural forces. I think it's kind of rubbed off on Morty a little bit. That's a perspective. Um, I think there's another perspective. (laughs) Okay. And the other perspective is that everybody else in the supernatural community sees Morty that way. But Morty has known for a long time that there's something more going on here and that he's developed that not necessarily because of Harry and all the rest of them, but because he recognizes that, that he had that he truly has this gift and that there are people suffering and that maybe he's just really a nice guy maybe but it also could be a little bit of if i don't help these ghosts they'll just keep coming and bugging me did you ever see that show ghost town ricky gervais no look it up it's an awesome little movie it's so funny but it's kind of that similar thing where he finds out he can talk to ghosts and they all just start pestering him and so he ends up helping them because if he doesn't they won't go away in it's other like words, whoopee. what you're saying is that when you see Morty, you, or when you hear Morty, you think of Ricky Gervais. Oh, oh, I do now. 
I was gonna say <laughs> it's like I like Ricky Gervais. He's he, he's like Whoopi Goldberg on Ghost. Yeah, I I'm just saying that's there could be <laughs> there could be a little bit of that. I like to think that he's altruistic because he is helping a lot of ghosts. I mean, the fact that his home was a sanctuary for them. Uh, I and, think and, he's more altruistic now. I don't think he started out that way. Oh, I don't think right. he did either. But I, I don't. Agree. But I don't necessarily think that he was a con artist either. I think right. that he was probably. Mm-hmm taking money for doing a service and he was very because if you remember that first that first interaction that he has where he and Dresden are going back and forth he's like look just because you don't understand what I do doesn't mean that you can call it a con right and then they're on a television show and and Dresden shoots everything out but you know Morty's standing there saying come on this is not that you need to you need to treat others with a little bit of respect just because you don't get it uh, yeah, so I'm true. I'm saying I, I'm holding true to the fact that Morty was not just a con man. Well, it doesn't that mean that Harry he wasn't using his gift that. to make some money, but need, Harry's the same. He right. uses his gift to make money. Right. So is find that what you're good at and see thing? if you can make money from it. There it you makes go. sense. I remember Kathy yeah. Lee Gifford saying something about that, but that's not this kind of podcast. <laughs> no, um, but it. Oh, where's I going to go there? But how cool was it that she he ends up more ends up getting kidnapped by the corpse taker? Because if you'll recall in our recaps. I think Todd said something at one point. He's like, but what about all the people that Harry has killed? What if they bear a grudge? And I went, oh, no. So I'm really glad we only had to deal with one of those villains in this book. So far. But the corpse taker is such a good one. I'm disappointed that I didn't see her as being the one that he has to deal with. Because that made so much sense. I had some other I had some other ones that I was sure we were going to see that we did not. I kind of figured we'd see Justin DeMorne. And and I was worried it was going to be Margaret. Oh, Ooh. yeah, that would have been hard. That would have been, been random. Well, but Corpse Taker made a choice to stay. Mm-hmm. You remember, that's the other thing that we get. The idea that the we, we saw that in the very beginning. Oh, I saw the light. I didn't, they didn't tell me it was going to be a freaking train. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's this opportunity for choice again. And this this uh, some of our listeners have, have keyed up on this, too. And they've talked about the fact that Jim Butcher is all about the choices we make. And even at death. Harry gets a choice. Sounds like a lot of other people had a choice mm-hmm. to get on the train or not. And Corpse Taker obviously has planned for a very, very, very long time to not get on the train. Right. Yeah. And keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And just uh, look for the right, look for the right skin suit to. She's been look. milking a lot of petty magical people. Yeah. Obviously, the there's right a lot amount of horcruxes floating around with the Corpse Taker's name on them. More than few. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had to throw that one out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so hey, I I was gonna make a I was gonna make a recap filled with Harry Potter references, and I <laughs> I just couldn't. Hopefully, bring we don't to have do people it. upset at us for that. So we've we've had an opportunity for Harry to. How did you feel when you saw Bob with butters? I laughed so hard. <laughs> it, felt, it made me so happy. It, it felt like the rightest pairing. <laughs> it, it really give, it give, really did give the very give the very opinionated ghost to the most awkward person but also i just really enjoyed the pairing of the two where bob kind of started to take on um aspects of butters and seeing the inside of bob's home oh where, my, in my oh mind my i'm goodness. thinking like i dream of genie with all of the pillows but also here's a a big screen a big tv spread of yeah. all the food from Butters' mom's house. Right. Now, they both, and Butters, I love seeing the progression of Butters. I love seeing how he's grown and how he's become more outgoing. And I think yeah. a large part of that is in this last six months has been Bob. Yeah. You know, how, how Bob has affected him, how he's he's more 
assertive now? I certainly got a I kick like it. out of Bob saying to Harry, well, Butters understands magical theory, even if he doesn't understand magical practice, which is far <laughs> more than I can say for you. True. And I was like, wow, that's kind of painful there. But I could also see, as I understand it, Murphy gave Bob to Butters. And I can see Murphy yes. like holding the skull and Bob being inappropriate. And she's like... I don't want to deal with this. You yeah. take her, butters. You take, you take this. <laughs> you need a friend. Yeah, and hallelujah that she made the choice to give Bob to Butters yeah. and not Molly. Not Molly, not Thomas, not, you know, Father Forthill. It just makes sense with Bob. Even though even though Harry had earlier said, you're cut off, that, that evil part of you is gone, which oh, comes yeah. back to... Here again, that unintended was, consequences on that oh, one, right? Yeah. I gasped at that when I when we realized he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the evil part of me. It's fine. It's just gone. And I went, oh no! Right, right yeah. there at the beginning when when the the skull with blue eyes pops up, I'm like, where have we seen this before? Yeah, yeah. That I was, was just fun. glad it wasn't regular Bob because I just thought somehow Bob had gone oh. evil, and then regular Bob showed up, and I was just very grateful, but also two Bobs. That's terrifying. <laughs> Double Bob. <laughs> it makes you it makes you wonder at all of the possibilities. I I'm interested to see what happens now that Harry is not dead. I I feel like it, I I I want to know how many. I I'm sure we'll see this in the next book, but I want to see how much his obligation as Winter Knight keeps him from doing all of the stuff he used to do. I still think that this. I I'm just going to predict that this next book is going to take place a lot in the Never Never. I don't think we're going to actually get Harry back in the real world for I, a while. Yeah, I feel like it's going to take place, well, yeah, in the Never Never and the She areas and stuff. I don't, I, I don't know if, you know, how much, I, I don't know how much of Molly and, and Murphy and everybody there's going to be in the next book. I'm sure there'll be, you know, plenty, but I, my point of that being, I think that Bob and Butters stay together. I think that's a pairing now. I don't think... I don't think Harry gets Bob back. At least for the moment. At least for a while. At least for the moment. And part but of the maybe reason, he does. Part of the reason that that might make sense is that Harry still needs to be rebuilt. His body may have been being kept alive on life support, but he's got to remember how to be a human being. And this is going to be pretty interesting. This is going to be a pretty interesting situation and period of time for him where he's now absolutely the property of uh the winter mm -hmm. of the winter lady of mab mm -hmm. queen of air and darkness um and we have to we have to be careful not to say her name too many times we've said it twice so but uh, but it's been different people so that's okay remember if you say it three times you got a problem did, i think that's beetlejuice but also no oh, no you're right also said, never mind yeah. never mind i remembered thank you did you catch did you catch this little part in the book when they were in the hall of do-gooders or whatever i can't remember what it's called when, the Hall of Justice? Yeah, when they're in the Hall of Justice <laughs> and they're doing their sparring. Uh, Murphy and, and not Sonia, whatever his name was. You know, yeah, Son I know, Sonia Knockoff. I know the guy you're talking about. You know, and, and they come in and he asks <laughs> Butters when he's going to get in here and train with a sword. The Chicago Alliance. And my lights went, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Who called this just this last episode? Yeah, yeah. You, you were right. Oh, no, no, I'm not right yet, but... 
It's you coming. were right that Daniel would Th- start is... to become a key player. Daniel okay, will certainly was... become a key player. Oh my gosh, we got to talk about that too. And so, but was... anyway, he, that just—it was a throwaway line about getting Butters in there to learn how to spar with a sword. And oh, and I went, oh, yeah, yeah. T- totally. My, I, I wasn't confident about that prediction before, but I'm a little more confident about it now, especially since I went back and the Lenanchi. You know, he just—he's—he's he's very good at throwing in these casual lines. That you don't catch at first. That's true. That and when we, you go looking back, you go, "Oh my gosh!" And so now, well, and as we recall, one. with um, Billy starting out, he was a little wimpy kid, yeah, teenage kid when he started being a werewolf, and now he's pure awesome. So, I mean, anything is possible. Not only that, but but we also have lots of lots of of uh, mentors. For both of those individuals True. that they can work with, mm-hmm. Murphy certainly has always been able to hold her own against larger and more impressive uh, physical specimens. Mm-hmm. So why not have an opportunity for both Butters to uh, for Butters to be able to learn what he needs to learn in order to become a little bit more safe, a little bit more yeah. of a of a player. Yeah, but also to have Daniel step up to the plate and really Boy. take over and become. The, the heir apparent to his father. He's he's really, that kid is headstrong. I This question almost made the cut, but it didn't, is the... <laughs> so go ahead him, and say it. Him asking, or him letting the, the uh, letting the, 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 I'm trying to figure out Use a way to words, say man. it. I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I don't know. Dang. He, he let the secret out in front of a white court oh, vampire. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that yeah. Murphy is holding two of the swords. That was just, and you could just see his face as Murphy goes. Thank you for giving Daniel. away one of our secrets and looks tonight, at, Daniel. And all of us, you could just see. I mean, even on on the page and in the audio, you could just see his face go. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he realizes exactly what exactly he just did, exactly what he just did. Yeah. He's like, oh my gosh. And then Murphy turning around and finding a way to still make that work. Oh yeah! I don't know. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Murphy is the coolest. She made me so happy. Like that was one that I had to go back and I'm like, wait, I feel like I missed something because I somehow, I don't know, a noisy car went past me on yeah, the, yeah, yeah, on my walk. But I went back and I listened to it and I was like, I'm so glad that I went back and listened to that because that was the most satisfying thing I've ever read. Oh my gosh, yeah. Slash listened to on an audiobook. Murphy's respect for the law will always be Murphy's respect for the law, mm-hmm. but she is no longer bound by the law, mm-hmm. and. This Murphy looks a lot scarier to me than Murphy ever has before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she, she has a buzz cut. That's not why she looks scarier. <laughs> but I will say that I will say that that image kind of helped make her kind of helped fill out this image that I have of her of, oh, my goodness, everybody's really going off the deep end. Murphy. Yeah. Molly. Molly. Nobody's oh. doing well with Harry's death in the new world they have to live in. But you know, isn't it interesting that the that the the two women mm-hmm. in Harry's life mm-hmm. are the two who seem to have taken the most radical departures away from their previous lives. Murphy, who always was, we're gonna we're gonna follow the law. We're not going to we're not going to step outside the law at all. Yeah. And she's very comfortable doing it as long as as long as everybody is very clear about what they're doing now. Right. And Molly, who was always about family, 
and about staying close and protecting her little brothers and sisters and everything mm-hmm. else is now unsure if she isn't a monster herself and wants to stay away from family. Also, who was it who said that Molly and Mab were going to be a problem later on? I believe it was Ken. I believe that was. Yeah. Was Ken catching a little line. That, only because I read it the second time. Yeah. That, then that's the only reason. But yeah. it that know, was not Mab. The Molly Lenanchi. becoming this murder machine the, was one of the more heartbreaking things. Oh, my gosh. Could you just see? So here's a, here's an <sighs> interesting thing. You know, they keep talking about the fact that Molly has turned to murder. And they keep talking about these people that start showing up. Right. And then you remember Molly turning around and saying, yeah, no, it's really easy. You make a bag appear like a gun and then the cop takes care of it himself. But the cop was on the take anyway. And so when he when he shoots and then the other guy shoots as well, it's not my fault. I'm not I'm not killing. I'm not doing that. I'm just creating a situation that deals with the corruption that's around me all the time. And I leave something on them to make them afraid. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure which makes me more afraid of Molly. The fact that she wants to make people afraid or that she is okay creating things that make people kill each other. I don't know. And and everybody's thinking that Molly has gone I feel like that was a off, desperate measures thing though. Molly everybody everybody else is acting like Molly has gone off the deep end and is doing these killings. But when Molly makes it very clear, no, I'm not. I'm just making sure that they take care of it themselves. Right. And it sounds it, it I I heard echoes of Harry in saying, "You know what? They're just getting what they deserve." Uh, yeah. Yikes. Kip Tan asked on Discord, uh, how well is Harry keeping his promise to charity about Molly? And do you yeah. think that he regrets his actions at all or is that enough? I mean, because... Oh, Harry regrets Harry, everything Harry ever always done. regrets everything. But how well is he keeping that promise to Molly or to charity to keep her safe and to... There's I, a really interesting... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Megan. Oh, I was just going to say, I think I think he's doing the best that he can with what he has. He can't control the outside world. Um, and he... Uh, I mean, it was very unfair of him to ask Molly to make the call to Kincaid and be complicit in his murder, which is probably what made her go off of the deep end. So, yeah, not so much fulfilling his promise there, but during his lifetime, he did everything that he could to protect her from the white council and from everything and to teach her to be her strongest, best self. Yeah, maybe. And here's something I know, I know I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rock both of your worlds for just Todd a second. Will never let me be right about uh, anything. You guys, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're not right. I'm just saying that there was, I, until I read this book, I would have absolutely agreed with you until we got to the part where, uh, where Leah is talking with Harry mm. and she says, Protecting her and making her weak isn't helping her survive. Okay. And and I read that and said to myself, that is a really interesting perspective. Not sure I agree. Right. Not sure I'm 100% behind it. But then all of a sudden I start looking at this and I start, I, serious as a heart attack, the next thing that came into my head was from dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Rip torn in that in that <laughs> moment where he's throwing wrenches at everybody. I you can, can dodge a wrench, movie. you can dodge a ball. And I thought to myself, okay, I, uh, well, you know, pain is a pretty good teacher. Good motivator. And Harry sure learned a lot about how to build shields and defensive magic. 
by getting baseballs thrown at him a lot. And he didn't do any of that. He was a kinder, gentler mentor, but did it really prepare Molly for what she was going to have to face when he was no longer there? And and like I said, before I read this book, Megan, I would have been 100% in line with you that he had protected Molly, that he had kept his promise. But I'm not sure he'd thought about it in those in the terms of, but what if I'm gone? And what if she has to be there without me? I don't think he thought of it in those terms, but I don't also don't think that he was necessarily wrong in the sense that her magic is not the same as his magic. And he's, he's pointed it out several times. She is clearly very powerful in, in terms of magic, in terms of doing veils and mental magic and illusion and that sort of thing. Hers is not the kind of magic where you chuck baseballs at her and expect her to dodge them or block them or absorb them. And the the reality is when you look at what Maggie did right after that scene with all of the illusions that she threw around to get those uh, mortal servitors. Molly, not Mm -hmm. Maggie. Molly, sorry, not Maggie. When, When she's throwing up all of these illusions and she's got the fire and all of those different things going on, and the servitors are messing themselves up. Yeah. Yeah, you turn around and you say to yourself, this was, it's, it's pretty It's pretty amazing what she has learned to do with her style of magic. Yep. And so I'll, I'll fully admit that, you know, Harry's looking at it from that perspective, saying, let's make sure this, the kid works on her strengths. Right. I got it. I well, got and, it. I'm with you. And they but like are quite I said, strength. I mean, she's clearly white council level material. But like I said. In her after I read that, right. after Discipline, I read that yeah. piece, it, it it actually caused me to rethink some other kinds of choices that I make on occasion. Am as I a doing dad? as a dad? Okay. And I started saying to myself, "Have I really, have I really taken the time? Have I really thought through how I'm helping my sons and my daughters to face certain kinds of issues?" Now I'm not saying that I'm facing a life problem like Harry is, and they're going to have to live without me and fight werewolves and demons and gorgon's oh my it's fairly unlikely but but i but i and and as i look at it i'm i'm kind of okay with it with with the way that i've approached things and the way that i've done things mm-hmm. but i also but i also recognize that that is something that we don't think about very often when we are raising little kids and when we are responsible for the teaching of children to their adulthood but it is something that perhaps we're we're, we're we should consider Oh, well, that's depressing. Yeah, you're welcome. My, my <laughs> opportunity. Bummer, man, to, he delivers. <laughs> my opportunity to bring a little bit of joy into everybody's life. Every party has a pooper. That's why we invited Todd. Party yeah. pooper. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks. You can send that one to Megan. Um, yeah. yeah. All of that, all of the hate mail for that one from the troop of Todd can go to that one. So. You know I love we, you guys. We get to the point. Yeah, we, we, talked, about, cookies we talked about that earlier today, too, on, on, our, on our private chat. We just like each other. So we get, to a, we get to a point where we, we, we can look at all of the people that Harry has had interaction with and his absence has not only damaged them, damaged Chicago, yeah. damaged the world in many ways, yeah. but it's damaged him too. His ability um. to think through things... And to use his own magic and to rely on his own magic and his thoughtful and his and his thinking process has been damaged as well. Yeah, I was very, con- I've been concerned for a while now. 
as anybody who has listened to previous episodes possibly noticed that Harry is going down the dark path. And so when he finally, like in that final battle, became corporeal and he was like, B, I'm going to, you know, be able to touch. And more, it was just like, no, only the crazy ghosts are the ones that can touch things. Only the crazy ghosts are the ones that become that become corporeal, corporeal yeah. again. This is, not, and I just was like, no, Harry, stop. Ugh. But at the same time, so he was he was doing it in the with the mindset of I'm not going to be here for long, so it doesn't matter. In fact, his his mindset of he's willing to do it for the benefit of others. I I think that I think that one of the rules that that is really a, a piece that Jim Butcher plays with a lot is the the idea of intent. Mm, true. I I know that we've all heard the phrase the road to hell is paved with good intentions, all those kinds of things, and I've said it myself too. But I think that the intent behind action matters an awful lot when we're looking at the kinds of actions that people take, especially when we're looking at these kinds of situations. Harry's intent matters. Mm -hmm. And his intent to try and save matters. Well, it matters to him and his friends. It certainly matters. And it matters when we, we get a chance to look at what the outcomes are. Because if he has, if he doesn't take the time to be at that moment, looks like there's going to be a lot more, a, a lot more dead people in Chicago. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he is sent out at the beginning. Um, I guess Jack must tell him there are three people. Three of <laughs> what is it? There are three people that you love who are going to be in trouble if you don't show up. And I just and solve your own murder. That was yeah, fantastic. and solve your own murder. And I got to the end and I was like, who are the three people? Or was that just a red herring to be like, go get out there. You have to solve your own murder. Or was was that actually true? Was that a an actual I, like Molly I, and Butters and No, I I loved how he resolved that with, I, with I, Uriel. Yeah. yeah. Well, there had to be at least three people that uh, he cared about that were gonna have problems. He, <laughs> he had a he had a bunch of friends. I mean, chances are. Chances are three, at least three of them three were going to be, gonna be in up. trouble. I'm... Probably all of them. And I, I think, I think we are clear that all of them were. Isn't that isn't isn't it interesting that Jack's intent matters? Mm-hmm. Yes, I told a lie, mm-hmm. but I told the lie in order to get you to do something to, to do make the right choice. a choice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and again, we come back to to Butcher's uh, tendency to want to talk about. The fact that you have to make choices and you have that to own your choices. That is one of my favorite themes in this book. Yeah. That Uriel points that out, yeah. that Harry gets to the end and Mab is just like, no, you have to do this. And then Uriel's like, and there's the lie. And Harry's just like, oh my gosh, that is so true. That is, And he, it's, it's just so liberating to know that he can make a choice, that he doesn't have to do necessarily what he is told. And the scales are balanced. Yes. Which is a little nice. bit. And that, and that in his... In that, in that one instance. Yeah. I, I I think that's going to play a big part in the kind of conflict that Harry will have as the Winter Knight as to just how much he is forced to do because of his commitment and how much he remains not a monster. Although, I like <laughs> the use of the word monster because that takes me back to a conversation he had with the ghost in the graveyard, the little girl ghost. Yes. Yeah. And so fun. He, she's like, know what you are you're going to be a monster and he is very offended and she says do you know what a monster is young shade power power and choice 
Monsters make choices. Monsters shape the world. Monsters force us to become stronger, smarter, better. They sift the weak from the strong and provide a forge for the stealing of souls. Stealing, S-T-E-E-L-I-N-G. The stealing, yes. Even as we curse monsters, we admire them, seek to become them in some ways. Her eyes became distant. There are far, far worse things to be than a monster. Yeah. I just think that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's pretty good. Ah. Where was I going? We need a catalyst. I don't know, Ken. I, Where were you well, going? There was, oh, and once again, we get to see, with Uriel, we get to see uh, Butcher talk about the importance of names again. Yeah. Because. Oh my gosh, his reaction when Harry calls him Yuri. Yeah. And, and he's like, I'm going to melt you with my eyes. Yeah. You yes. know, for, for doing that. And he says, he says, Harry's name just right. And. With just the right inflection. With just the right inflection, mm-hmm. as did, was it. I can't remember who the other one was. It wasn't he who walks behind. It was somebody else. But no. uh, but it comes up a couple of times in there. So again, the power of names. Bringing up he who walks behind and the earlier mention that we had of some of the some of the flashback opportunities that we had, we get a chance to see some things that Harry has never really that 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 we've never learned about Harry's life. Mm-hmm. We've heard about them, but we've never seen them. And the the. The moment where he conjures up fire, the moment when he runs away after seeing that Elaine is uh, Elaine. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Yes. And that he was going to be next. And so, no, he's going to go yeah. ahead and run away. I, I think this, this flashback opportunity is one that, that Butcher puts in place, not just because he wants, and, and I think everybody would agree, not just because we want to get a chance to see something that was a formative moment in Harry's life. And oh my goodness, of all the things that he chooses to do to knock over a liquor store. Right. <laughs> uh, but that yeah. in doing so, he says, wait a minute, he could have killed me at any point in time. He's trying to make me into something. You referenced yeah. it before that there are so many supernatural powers that are trying to pull Harry's strings, right. make him dance, little marionette, dance, little boy, dance. And Harry is learning that he's got no strings on him if he doesn't want him. He can mm-hmm. cut them himself. Which I think is a it's a huge line at right there at the end of the book that has farther reaching implications than just the next story being him as the winter knight. Because he's got fallen angels and archangels and the whatever he who walks behind is and the she courts and, and demon reach and demon reach and of course and, he's got friends that are made from the cosmic forces of the universe yeah yep all <laughs> sitting there waiting to influence him and now he is he's given the gift basically to realize that his soul that his choice still matters one of the things that i really liked and i don't know if you guys and and i i realize we're we're kind of jumping away from the big battle at the end of this book yeah, and I wondered if we cared about Fitz and Aristides or any. You of know that. what? Honestly, I loved I from the level one guy. I loved the fighting. The fighting really wasn't relevant to the book or to the to the story. I mean, it was great. It was fun. I love watching him attack Castle Corpse Taker and you know rescue but or rescue Lindquist and everything. But honestly, I mean, other than the excitement and needing to be done. It, it's I'm, not the important part of this story. I'm sorry. Who are you and what did you do I'm with Ken? I'm just saying. I mean, every once in a while. Ken was 
Preferring wow. a story over the punching? Every once in a while, I'm just Megan, saying. can you write this down as a red letter day? Uh-huh. We need to be sure that we remember this. Uh, yes. I did just get my testosterone levels checked, and they're awfully low. Well, you I'm are sorry. over 40. And a man. <laughs> so... So, so one of the other things that one of the other things that I think that was interesting about that though that I wanted to touch on, we've we talked about we talked a lot about all of the people in Harry's life that have been touched by Harry's passing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Charity and Michael have been touched by this as well. Remember when the reference is made that chair or that Michael or that Daniel and Molly are both wearing armor that has been crafted by Molly's mm-hmm. mom right. by Charity. And the titanium rings inside the Kevlar and all of these that. kinds of things. I'm, I'm impressed that these kids have grown into people that are willing to take upon themselves the responsibility of fighting bad things, the things that go bump in the night, mm-hmm. because that's what their mentors did. That's what mom and dad did. That's a pretty powerful thing and a, a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, I I also kind of enjoyed the difference in the way Daniel and Molly treated Father Forthill, where you see Daniel yes. is very deferential about it, and he goes to save and defend Father Forthill, and he will listen to that man, and Molly is just not anti, but she is not nearly as respectful, and um, Murphy has to call her out on it at one point where, you know, there's, they, because again, they both grew up in the catholic church and they were both very i mean maybe they weren't both very strong but their parents are very faithful yeah yeah um and yet molly and daniel are their own people so they're going to react how they're going to react which is kind of fun to see in siblings it's just this reminder that you may grow up the same way in the same home but not have the same point of view yeah so let me ask a question about molly that i've been dying to ask i, I was gonna really quick oh, i just go wanted ahead, to go say ahead. i love seeing daniel as the brash impulsive reckless michael you as know. the luke skywalker yeah. figure he is you you can almost you, we don't get to see michael when he's young we get to see michael when he is the baddest of the knights of the, of the knights of the cross you know and he is already established as i will wipe out whoever righteously needs being wiped out we don't get to see the formative years and now i feel like we almost get to see a little bit of the a peek into the formative years of Michael through Daniel. Michael 2.0. Yeah. And we see some uh, glimpse into the formative years of Harry in watching how he handles Fitz. Yeah. I think that was an yeah. interesting thing too. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious to see how that goes in the future. And also I think it's fascinating that he could really only reach Fitz as a ghost. Like Harry being a ghost right. was actually a really big help in that whole situation to be able to do talk Fitz through everything that he needed to do and to help Fitz to understand you're a lot stronger than you think you are. You have a lot of power that Aristides doesn't have, partly because you actually care about the people around you and they care about you and they yeah. will follow you. Well, it's really fun to see the progression of that character just within this story. Maybe he's somebody that Mortimer can take under his wing and say, hey, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all about oh. that. Sorry, what were you saying about Molly? I didn't so I've been dying to ask this question about Molly and... I'm curious as to what you guys are going to think. We now understand that the the closet has the memory right. that was being protected and that she was supposed to have wiped away and all of those kinds of things, right? Now that Harry knows, has made a choice, 
has walked back through the door and is back to life. Does that... He's kind of dragged through the door, really. Does that make Molly now free of the guilt and the burden that she's been carrying for that? I think that's something that remains to be seen because it still happened. The world still... there. The world still became the world that it was because he wasn't there because of her. But I, I think that does, I would hope that that would remove a lot of the burden for her, knowing that he was still around and he was okay and that he didn't blame her for what she had to do. And I, I think it also probably would be a big relief for her to know that Harry knows what happened um, so that he can kind of take responsibility there too, but also she doesn't have to hold this secret anymore. Yeah. Because that'll eat away at you. One of the things that I was missing in this entire series, in this entire book, was a little bit of extra time with Thomas. I was fully expecting <laughs> Thomas to show up and to be part of the band of marauding vigilantes that were going to set things right in Chicago and that he was going to be feasting as and feasting and breaking heads and all kinds of stuff. And, to and have instead him all we get is broody. Brooding Michael. Yeah. Or excuse, excuse me, brooding Thomas. Until feeling, the very end. Feeling bad. Until so. the very end. Well. Yeah. And I'm just saying, that very end was kind of one of those moments where I said, Oh, okay. Good. Well, let's see. We've we've had a porn set. We've we've had Good on okay. you, Justin. All right, let's let's go with that, shall we? And then Harry going, Yeah, I don't think I need to say that. Yeah, here. it's like <laughs> I, I, I think we can I think we can move. But on. I was so happy that it was the one person that Thomas loved the most who found a way to be able to help him the way that he needs the most yeah so that she can take care of him again because that that means and i cannot think of her name right now and it's justine justine it means as much to justine as it does to thomas for her for them to be able to touch for them to be able to Mm -hmm. connect and him to feed yes and i just think i mean i i was kind of like wow okay (laughs) <laughs> a little bit uncomfortable, but at the same time, you know, do what you need to do. Choices. They are who they are. And Choices. she was very, they've been very aware of who they are for a really long time. And so I'm glad that they're finally going to get to be together. Choices. Powerful, powerful, yeah. uh, powerful, powerful issue that runs through this. What are the things we need to talk about? Do we have some questions that we probably should well, talk about? Well, we, we've been we've been covering them as we go, but uh, two that we haven't really talked about yet that are that are pressing issues. Okay. That we must hit before we before we go star wars what would your inner sanctum look like oh okay oh and and uh what what kind of memory would you use as a weapon you go what would your memory weapon be i i think mine would be more like more like the x-men which is funny that harry is thinking of all of these x-men comparables that that he has at the very beginning oh i'm shadow cat now i'm nightcrawler too and stuff i'm (laughs) bam That's that's the way I would want my that's the way I would want my fight to go is is more like a superhero battle that you would see right off the page right off the screen and not I like Star Trek. Don't get me wrong. I love Star Trek, but I would want to see it more as a superhero battle type thing, I think. And I I don't really know what memory I would use. I mean, I got, you know, not not what memory you would use, but how would your memories manifest? What what kind of a weapon would you have? Would oh. your memories manifest as? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I've I've always he was talking about Nightcrawler and Shadowcat and all them. I always resonated with Wolverine. 
Because there'd be a know, lot of slashing and knife. Because there'd be a lot I of a lot of slashing and a lot of short temper and a lot of you know that. short short guy angry. A lot of blood and guts. Yeah, I'd probably. That does sound satisfying. Very Wolverine. Mental blood and guts. Megan, yeah. how about you? Uh, for me, I imagine a World War II scenario. Ooh. Kind of a D-Day bunker. Oh yeah, we planes. didn't talk about the World War II D-Day bunker, did we? I change. But I change like my planes we'll leave, and bombs. We'll and I change my answer. Things. I like that one. Right. <laughs> I um. Yeah, and I just imagine I'd be machine gunning people down with my memories. Nice. Just lobbing memories of playing with my nieces and nephews at everyone. There you go. A you TARDIS. Go, Todd. Todd. A TARDIS. A TARDIS. Unassuming on the outside and much much bigger on the inside. All right. That would be that would be what my yes and cheesy. Craig is in the room and he has to throw <laughs> he has to lob things at us. Yes, it's cheesy. It's extra cheesy. But it was there. There are there are things about that that are really interesting. And what would what uh, what would my memories manifest as a weapon? Yeah, lightsaber. <laughs> All right. I, I like it. that. Yep. I like it. It would be a lightsaber. Uh, predictions for cold days? Um, it's going to take a lot of it's going to, at least the first part is going to take place in the world of the Fae. I would like it to continue from where it was, but none of the books ever have. So why would it? Yeah. Well, this one picked up pretty close. Yeah. This one picked up pretty close. It, it did in had Harry's to. mind and then in the real world it was six months later, but you're yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see... I think we are going to see inform- uh, see a, the beginning of the story taking place completely removed from the world of mortals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I wonder how much we're going to see of Harry getting to know Demon Reach. Yeah. And getting to find out oh, yeah. why the connection between Harry and Demon Reach existed prior to Harry getting to Demon Reach. Yeah. Because there's something about this connection that... Harry doesn't know, but Demon Reach does. And it's something that had senior council members very, very concerned about. Yeah. Very so. concerned about. And the fact that Demon Reach is working with the Queen of Air and Darkness. Well, their their motives, their motivations converge. They converge. Yeah. So they're working together. But something about that makes me say, hmm, that's kind of hinky. I want to see, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm hoping it kind of, ha- I kind of hope it happens that he and Fix get a moment as knight counterparts. Not like a, not like a, oh, a sure. sword throwdown, but more of a comparing I notes. See, I, I would love sub, to see them sub. show up at Max. Yeah. Something for a like, beer. Oh, something like that would be great. Not like, kind of like a, a night convention where we get together and compare notes, you know, more like I, that. I, than I a have the feeling, I have the feeling that the first thing that Harry's going to be required to do is going to put him in conflict with Fix. Oh, could be. And they're going to have and they're going to have to meet in order to try and resolve figure out how they're going to resolve this. And wouldn't it be nice if they just like sat down and had a conversation? Here's some donuts and coffee. Let's talk this over. <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting to see cuz Harry, I mean he's very much not Lloyd Slate. So. You think Harry's going right. to run well, into the gruff that he had way. to deal with before? Eventually he will. <laughs> that would be pretty good. That's not over. Eventually he'll meet up with that guy again. I hope so. My uh, my last my last thought on the book on this book was the uh, him going and seeing Maggie. All right. Oh, that was heartbreaking. That it wasn't heartbreaking necessarily to me. It was it was more of a just like a if I were going to 
my heart was going to explode with with the happy joy it was that and i mean that she was there at the carpenter's house was just the rightest of things with, and with mouse with mouse which, well yeah. and, and that was one of those things i was so happy that harry kind of got to have a minute with, with mouse, mouse and with mister to I, acknowledge to have yeah. these two animals who he spent so much he i mean he basically spent his life with these two animals yep and he got he got mister a moment was with the mister reason too. why everybody knew that harry was there and mouse is the reason why harry was like okay I can die. Everybody's going to be fine. Maggie's going to be fine. Yeah. And the fact that he shows up and there's this army of guardian angels around the carpenter house. I know. Like, Michael is the single coolest character in this whole dang series. And when when Uriel looks at him and says, "Uh, yeah, he's earned it. Oh, yeah. He's earned it. He earned those. That was pretty. uh, Ah, so cool. That That was was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was a part that just made me go. Okay, guys. Can I read Cold Days now? Yes. Yeah. We can read Cold Days now. We're not reading anything else in between. Yeah. We're going to just read these fact, yeah, and go. We're, 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 only we're, going, doing, we're going through these quickly. We're only doing one episode on this because we want to get through it because Peace Talks is out and we got to get to it Yeah. So before we've got, Battleground comes out. We've got Cold Days and then we've got then skin, game, skin Game and then Peace Talks. Which skin, that oh. title makes me kind of go, hmm. So... I still think that Nagloshi comes back in that one. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I just, I had the feeling that we weren't done with the Nagloshi. I don't think we're done with, I I, I don't think we're, well, anyway. So, so we've got those, we've got those two books. Then we get to Peace Talks, which just came out. And then we've still got one more coming out this year. Right. Yep. Uh, Battlegrounds, right? Battleground. And if we hurry, we can get to Battleground by the time it comes out, which from what we're hearing about, just chatter. I'm not, no spoilers. Yeah. But there's a lot of reaction to peace talks that makes me think I want to read those two really close close together. Yeah, really close together. So if you've been if you've been keeping notes and trying to keep up with what we're going to read, we talked about the possibility of maybe reading some steampunk or doing some other stuff in the meantime. Uh, No, what we are going to do (laughs) is we're going to crush through all of our Dresden stuff. We're going to read it as quick as we can. We're going to try and get on track with all the rest of you that have been saying, would you please get through these books so that we can talk about the ones coming out? Yeah. We're going to do that. We're going to have some We're going to get, and we're going to do that so that we can get those out of the way in time for the big Rhythm Sanderson release. Yeah. yeah. Coming out later yeah, so we this got year. a lot. We got a lot going on here in the Legendarium and hopefully you are enjoying it and coming along with us for the ride. That's not even including what Red Team is doing. I mean, we got stuff, There's people. Stuff. Lots of stuff Listen going to on. us because you love us and we love you. Enjoy the stuff. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.